welcome to Soccer Morning. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Soccer Morning on the air. We are so pumped up for the FIFA election. That's right. That's happening. You might have heard that over in Zurich, a bunch of people are getting together to elect a new FIFA president. They have they done some other stuff. We'll get into that. But it's happening right now. And let me just tell you, I have never seen such a <laughs> such a, an entertaining act. No, of course not. Of course not. They're voting right now. By the way, all right. Well, let's let's do the news here. Today is going to be an open show, and I'll explain to you why here in a minute. But plenty of time for your phone calls after we get through the news. So uh, why don't I get to that point? We'll check in on the FIFA election, and we'll set the stage for you to call in and talk to me about soccer on a Friday. Because I am ready. I am ready to go. Got some stuff happening here. All right. So that FIFA Extraordinary Congress underway in Zurich right now. Voting ongoing for the FIFA presidential uh, spot, uh, spot left vacant by Seb Blatter. Uh, let's check, check in on where they are. Because, they're vo- again, they're voting right now. And they have two voting booths for 207 members. Two, people, two members are, are suspended. Indonesia, somebody else. So 207 members are voting. They started voting about, I want to say, an hour ago. Let's see where they are. Well, first of all, great music. The, the the FIFA feed music just makes you want to dance in your seat. So there's that. I'm waiting on the uh, the, the the announcer guy, the PA announcer guy, to, to give us an update on whose turn it is to vote. Of course he would do this to me while I'm live on the air. Usually it's every couple of seconds he's announcing the next member to vote. I think they were in the M's last time I checked. Still waiting. Come on, FIFA guy. What are you doing to me? Here we go. I think I can hear him addressing the microphone. No? Proceed to voting booth 2, Mozambique. Prepare for voting Netherlands. Mozambique and the Netherlands are up next to vote. So they're going to there's going to be a while cuz they got to get all the way down to Z. Who's 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 the Z? Zimbabwe. Is that the only one? Zimbabwe. There's no more Zaire. They're not called Zaire anymore. So it's definitely Zimbabwe. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, let's. Uh, <laughs> we'll check in on that every now and then. Again, the music was actually better earlier. Uh, I'll go through the rest of what happened so far at the FIFA Extraordinary Congress in Zurich. South Africa's Tokyo Seshwale is not a candidate. He made his final candidate speech, the last one to make a speech of the five, uh, the five nominated candidates. And then he pulled out at the very end. So good for Tokyo. Johnny Infantino, Sheikh Salman are still the favorites. Uh, I've seen various opinions on who's going to win. The French are backing Johnny Infantino. Uh, Salman is everybody else's favorite. A two-thirds majority is required to win election in the first round. There's actually not an expectation that we're going to get to that level in the first round. So we're going to have a second round. So that'll be fun. It's going to take just as long, right? U.S. Soccer has already announced that they are voting for Jordan's Prince Ali, uh, not uh, not suspected to win, so they'll probably end up having to vote for uh, somebody else in the second round. Prior to the presidential election, the FIFA Executive Committee passed a series of reforms, including presidential term limits, new requirements for a 36-member council, of which at least six must be women. That's um, um, a fantastic new addition to the to the reforms that FIFA is making. Uh, term limits of 12 years divided into three four-year terms will be imposed on the roles of FIFA president and a FIFA council member, and the salaries of serving officials will be disclosed. There will be independent figures on numerous committees. Individuals will face independent integrity and eligibility checks. I mean, this is all this all sounds good on paper. Let's just say it that way for now. Um, let's, uh, let's go into the rest of the news here because, again, we can't just be dominated by what's happening um, in Zurich today. The Europa League yesterday. Manchester United comes back after losing 2-1 in uh, Denmark to beat Michelin 5-1. Marcus Rashford scoring twice for Manchester United as they run rampant. They played some horny football. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go find Louis Van Hall's comments. Uh, from before the game. Liverpool beats Augsburg one nothing on a James Milner penalty, just about as boring as you can get, but they are through. Shakhtar wins uh, in Germany 3 nothing over Schalke to move on. Spurs with a 3 nothing 
victory in the second leg over Fiorentina. They take the tie 4-1. Lazio, Leverkusen, Sevilla, and Dortmund all advance. Here's your round of 16 draw because this is interesting. Manchester United versus Liverpool. That's tasty. Spurs versus Dortmund. That's pretty good. Sevilla, Basel. Not bad there. Valencia, Athletic Bilbao. That's a nice Spanish on Spanish matchup. Shakhtar versus Anderlecht. Sparta Prague versus Lazio. And Fenerbahce versus Braga. So there's your uh, Europa round of 16. Multiple reports say Italy manager Antonio Conte could be named as the next manager of Chelsea within 10 days after positive talks in London. Conte's Italy contract runs through the end of the European Championships this summer. A deal is said to be for two years worth 16 million euros. That's a nice bit of change. Oba Febby Martins uh, move to Shanghai Greenland Shenhua of the Chinese Super League has uh, been, a, been made official. That happened yesterday. Martins joins Colombian internationals Freddy Guarín, Giovanni Moreno, as well as former Chelsea striker Demba Ba among that team's foreign stars. Uh, I think... China's done for the most part. We slowed down on the Chinese stuff. Uh, I did see Ezekiel Levetsi was finally in China getting his stuff sorted out. That's a done deal, obviously, moved from PSG. Uh, we had heard that perhaps Vancouver would be sending Darren Maddox, the Jamaican striker, to China. That seems to be a bunch of bluster. Not happening, even though uh, reports said that Don Garber said at least one more MLS player was headed to China. Anyway, there you go. Big matchup, uh, big, big, uh, sorry, week of matchups, um, coming up Saturday and Sunday. You've got uh, some pretty fantastic games, including the Madrid Derby. Both of those clubs obviously chasing Barcelona in La Liga. Eight points back for Atleti, uh, nine points back for Real Madrid. Unlikely to chase down Barcelona, but certainly pride on the line between those two, uh, Madrid powers, uh, in La Liga. You have Leicester, top of the table in the Premier League, taking on Norwich. Again, Leicester's schedule breaks out amazingly well. They have done a fantastic job putting themselves in first place at this point in the season with a very, very forgiving fixture list coming up that makes it makes you wonder if uh, it's more likely they win this title than lose it. Wolfsburg versus Bayern in Germany on Saturday. On Sunday... Manchester United versus Arsenal. If Arsenal's going to have a chance to chase down Leicester, they got to get some points uh, away to Manchester United. Liverpool versus City in the Capital One Cup. And Barcelona versus Sevilla on Sunday as well in La Liga as the La Liga leaders and presumed uh, Champions League favorites uh, do their thing back in the domestic league. All right. Is that it? Uh, let's check in. Let's check in on the voting. Let's just make sure we are uh, not missing anything. Uh, first of all, a music check. Eh, it's a little bit better than it was. Let me just turn this up. I'm not sure how I'm how much you guys can hear this. How loud is that? Trevor? To voting Ooh. booth two, Oman. Prepare for voting, Papua New Guinea. Okay, so we're in on Oman and Papua New Guinea. So uh, yeah, we'll check in later. We'll check in, see how the voting is go uh, is going because that's a uh, P Q R S T U V. All right, so we got some time here before we find out uh, how that first round of voting went for the FIFA presidential uh, election. So let's uh, let's do this. Let's step aside. We'll come back. Phone lines will be open. You can jump on in. Give me your thoughts on the FIFA nonsense. Talk about MLS. Talk about La Liga. Talk about Premier League, Serie A, uh, international soccer, uh, uh, whatever's on your mind. It's a Friday. Let's do this. Soccer Morning, Backhill.com. To Soccer Morning. Here's your host, Jason Davis. All right, we are back on Soccer Morning on a Friday edition of the program. It is a momentous day in world football uh, because Sepp Blatter is no longer FIFA president as of this vote that's happening right now. Uh, whether that means actual change at FIFA is debatable. Of course, we don't expect that any of these insiders, and that's what they all are, are going to bring about real formative change 
reformative change to FIFA, despite this package that they've uh, approved. Uh, you've got an entrenched body that, uh, that you know, suckles at the teat of football around the world, and they're going to continue to suckle. Let's check in with the FIFA elections. Music is... Um, I, can, I can get down with that. We were on uh, Oman and Pap- uh, Papua New Guinea last time we checked in. Uh, this is going to be... This is going to be a process. Uh, it looks like we're on Poland... Puerto Rico and Romania coming up. So, uh, yeah, some a little bit of time left. Um, just a bunch of, of pasty white gentlemen walking around. Now, the, occasionally some diversity, but... Proceed you know. to voting booth 2, Puerto Rico. Prepare for voting Rwanda. It's, uh, Proceed to voting booth 1, Sao Tome Principe. Prepare for voting Serbia. There you go. So Serbia preparing to vote. Uh, wh- what do you need to prepare to vote? If you're preparing to vote, and you're at the FIFA Extraordinary Congress, you got a six four six eight three two thirty nine zero nine is the phone number. Jump on in here. Uh, a couple of notes about the studio setup. Uh, first of all, I got a scarf from NASL, which I want to thank them for. It's in this general area here. If you're watching the video, I'm trying to do this weatherman style. It's always difficult. Trevor, how's my hand? Is it where's it? Is it good? Is it positioned well? The general NASL area also uh, today arrived a box from the LA Galaxy who uh, who decided to send me something very large. That's a beach towel, by the way. They just take Leave it to the Galaxy. Wait, it's over there. It's there. Leave it to the Galaxy to, to send me something that basically takes up the whole wall and cover, ever, covers up everybody else's stuff. But, <laughs> but they did send uh, a package. Uh, there's a T-shirt. Uh, they also sent uh, a pair of flip-flops. And some sunscreen, basically reminding the world that they live in LA where it's 85 degrees and sunny and you can go to the beach in the middle of February while the rest of us are suffering through the, the, the dregs of winter where it's 34 degrees and snowing outside my window right now. So thanks a lot, LA. Appreciate it. Brendan Hannon and the crew over there doing good stuff. Anyway, 646-832-3909. You guys know the rules. Okay, the rules are when it's call-in time, we, we, we're we here to take your calls. Uh, today, with the FIFA elections happening, every single soccer journalist worth his salt, his or her salt, is working right now. So we were unable to grab any... Hey, look, it's Gianni Infantino. Uh, we're unable to grab anybody to have any real discussion about what's happening in Zurich because they're all covering what's happening. Hey, Moya Dodd, I met her. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, I'm just watching this feed because I'm waiting for something to happen uh, in Zurich so that we can actually have a discussion about it. Uh, right now, again, and I said I asked this yesterday on SiriusXM. Do, do we care anymore? At this point, haven't we just sort of Pushed FIFA and their nonsense to the side. Yeah, we, we like to get angry about it. Sure, that, that, that's a justifiable response to the way things are going with the, the governance of world football. And, and, and we care about the state of the World Cup and things like that. But, but enjoy, in order to enjoy the game, we have to forget that the FIFA sucks. I mean, that, that's really what it is. We have to compartmentalize and we have to forget the FIFA sucks and we have to watch the games. Like, you're, this is all happening now, and really this is the only thing going on in the world at the moment that's even tangentially football-related that's worth covering. At the moment, at, the, at this, this exact moment. And there are, look, there are leagues we could be talking about, games we could be talking about, and I would love to do that. I really would. If you call up, we can do that. 646-832-3909. But really, this is, a, this is news-making at the same time that I reject the notion I should care about it that much. It's this weird catch-22, if that even makes sense. You know, I don't want to care about it, but I kind of have to care about it, but we don't really want to talk about it, but we have to talk about it. And none of these people, and now we, we you know, as I said, Tokyo Sheswale has pulled out. Now, sorry, that's a not a euphemism. I know his name is Sex Whale, if you say it for that. That's not a euphemism. Not, sorry. Okay, not. Give me a, don't give me a, don't. Feel like I need a uh, <laughs> a rim shot. Anyway, you have Johnny Infantino, you have Sheikh Salman, you have Prince Ali, you have uh, Jerome Champagne. Yeah, 
champagne. None of those people are the type of people that we would say are going to clean up FIFA. They are part, they are part of the machine. They are, they are, are, are fixtures within that machine. They can talk a big game, but they are there and have partaken of everything FIFA does. All right, let me hit a couple of tweets here. Too bad FIFA didn't do a debate, GOP style. Infantino going after Sep would be brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we did get, uh, we did not get any debates, even though I think a couple of different news stations, uh, sorry, news stations, uh, a couple of different outlets tried to put them together. Uh, let's see. Bo says we're all really beholden to a, to a multitude of countries to, to whom the candidates must pander. That's not changing. No, and exactly right. One country, one vote. Doesn't matter who you are. That means that when the FIFA presidential candidates go about trying to curry favor and get votes, they don't need to talk to the United States. They don't need to talk to Germany. They need to talk to all those little islands in Oceania, all those little islands in the Caribbean, all of those countries across Africa. And look, those countries should have their interests represented. But we end up with a with an unbalanced system that then, as Bo says, panders to countries who are either not uh, not running soccer at a high enough level that, that really they should be dictating policy for everybody else or are simply there with their hands out. Uh, let's see. Kyle Kessler, German soccer rep, resigns week before the 2006 bid details released. Oh, is that something that just happened? Yeah, I can check on that. Uh, Nashville Red Army wants me to talk about Manchester United. United versus Liverpool in the Europa League round of 16 will be a fantastic matchup. And then thoughts on Marcus Rashford's, Marcus Rashford's performance yesterday. I have paid attention to what was going on in the Europa League yesterday. So, uh, apologies for an incomplete, uh, assessment of what happened. But yeah, they put on a show. They played horny football. Good for Marcus Rashford. I hope he doesn't get overhyped too quickly, but I heard that he, sc- he scored in the, he scored at the U17, 18, 19, and senior levels this year. That's that's pretty impressive for one season. That's pretty good. If you can pull that off, I highly recommend doing it. I cannot. I'm here behind a microphone talking about soccer with questionable credentials. Fully admit to that. All right, 646-832-3909. It looks like we've got a couple of calls coming in that are currently being screened, so we'll uh, we'll wait on those. In the meantime, again, let's check in with FIFA. Proceed to voting booth one, Spain. Prepare for voting St. Vincent and the Grenadine. St. Vincent, so a little CONCACAF action there, and of course World Power Spain. Let's talk to Mike up in Wisconsin. Hey, Mike. Hey, Jason, how's it going? Uh, you know, FIFA Day, I guess. I don't know. How, how is your day going? <laughs> yeah, FIFA Day. You're breaking up a little bit. Okay, but, um, my apologies. Go ahead, Mike. Stand in, a, in a good part of my house. Um, you know, the reason I was calling was to just spark a conversation about what does FIFA look like if it's successful, if it's what we want it to be, or what does soccer look like if FIFA is what we want it to be, right? Yeah. Because I, I still think we have a... We have an awesome World Cup, right? That, that's not hugely different. Okay. It's just all the developmental stuff is better. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. What what does a what does an effective, efficient, well-run FIFA look like? That's a good question. I mean, right. you, you know, we all know that the NFL is not quite as bad as FIFA. I guess yeah, you know, you're... Major League Baseball not <laughs> quite as bad as. Your voice is going up really high. Um, Mike, I, 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 th- I think I think a lot of people are guilty of this kind of thing in general terms, especially with politics and the like. But you you make a good. I mean, you you bring up a good issue, which is we do have to sort of 
flesh that out. Now, I think there are people, very smart people who watch the governance of sport around the world. Certainly the way that the IOC had to thrash and, 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 uh, seize in order to get itself to a decent place after everything that it went through, Salt Lake City corruption and, and everything else. Um, I think people who watch the, who've watched the IOC may have an idea of how FIFA should be run. And, 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 but beyond, be, beyond how it should be going, like, beyond what should be happening with FIFA governance, for me, it's more about does does FIFA operate in a way that makes us comfortable that they are they're at least try not at least trying they need to be transparent right I mean that, that, sorry that's the yep. that's the most important thing from there you can build into well now there's accountability if there's accountability <laughs> then we can go issue by issue and moment by moment and say okay well this this you shouldn't be doing it this way you should be doing it this way okay now now let's you know again. Yep. It's not as though we're all voting on on how FIFA should. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 a matter of that transparent uh, operation in order for us to be clear that the people in charge aren't operating within the shadows to the deficit of the game. So more visibility, less just trust the powerful people, right? So yeah. slightly more democratized. We can see what's going on inside of it. And we can also judge the values of the people making the decisions and moving things forward based on what exactly, exactly. So Look, we, we we may have we may not have is huge. we may not have complete transparency when it comes to say the American government and and certainly congress but at least you can go and look at a congressional you know a voting record for your representative or your senator if you want to that's not something but the we secrets can do. of soccer are not like national security issues right, no, right. we that, should have transparency right. complete transparency complete transparency and we don't and and that's 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 one of the major frustrations absolutely uh i mean i don't think we've we've come to a a decision on how fifa should look and, and again i think Sort of for me as a, as a as a not a guy who's an expert in in how these things run and and in uh, administration and bureaucracy, for me it's a sort of I'll know it when I see it kind of thing. You know, it's a little it's, yep. a, it's yep. like that. All right, Mike, got anything else? Well, you know, I was gonna. You had been talking about the European Super League. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, for me, the only way that thing works is if I don't know a quarter or a third of the table is up for relegation every year. You know, it's got to be high stakes. It can't be closed. Um, yeah, they, they, I think they're talking, they, you know, I think that would be some sort of uh, promotion and relegation system would be built in. I, I wonder how that's even possible, considering the number of feeder leagues you're involving. Um mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I don't, but I don't think that they would ever do it. I mean, the whole point is to sort of, Close it off and protect the biggest clubs, um, and, and make sure that those yeah. that their revenue streams are guaranteed through whatever television deal comes from from some something like the Super League. So I can't imagine that they're, we're talking about more than two or three spots. And I guarantee you that at some point, if this thing did come together, there yeah. would be many proposals that would say one place is up for grabs, not three. And this is what's fascinating for me is I can understand how. Pro-Rel is not in the interest of MLS or the current ownership structure. And yet, when I think about the Super League, I'm completely bored by the idea if there isn't Pro-Rel. You know, so there's this um, yeah. there's this duality going on there to where it's like, you know, without it in a big major league, the major league is boring. But yeah, here well, it's, in it's, uh, it's, it's, major it's, league soccer... I'm willing to tolerate it. Well, it's, you either, know, it's you either, that's my evolution as a fan. No, no, I, I, Mike, I'm with you. You either accept the cultural differences or you reject them. I mean, it's, it's a certain, yeah. I don't like, a, I don't like painting things as binary very often, but I think that one is pretty binary. Either, either you accept the fact that we live in a country that, that, that's never done that with any sport, does, has no history of it, uh, has investors who are unlikely to be convinced that it's a good idea, and, and we just roll on with a, uh, a closed MLS league, or you don't accept it. You buy, you buy that that soccer is exceptional and, and needs pro rel to be valid. And I don't buy that point. I don't buy that argument. So, you know where I sit. Yeah. All right, man. But I would say that the thought experiment of thinking about the Super League has made me way more. It's given me visibility into the fact that it would be great to have an MLS. Of course it would. <laughs> of course it would. And that's the thing. Those things are not mutually exclusive. Accepting for the time right. being or accepting at all that it's okay for MLS not to have it and then wanting it are not right. mutually exclusive. Mike, appreciate the call, man.
Thank you. There you go. Mike, and, uh, Mike up in Wisconsin. All right, let's, uh, let's check in with Nelly down in Texas. What's going on, Nelly? Hey, Jason. Uh, yesterday, uh, towards the end of your show, you were talking about the famous pee chant by the Mexican fans. And last night, I was watching uh, a Spanish report from, from Azteca, the Mexican channel. Mm-hmm. And they had a report about the pee chant. Uh, they were interviewing owners and they were interviewing fans uh-huh. and uh, the federation uh, bosses too. They don't think it's a big deal. They don't think this as an offensive, homophobic thing. Um, FIFA has been giving them fines and FIFA has warned them, don't do this again or you're going to get fined. Uh, when they play Canada, the next home game for Mexico, they've been told to get fined. The owners have come out and said, look, this is not something that we're saying to the gay community. Uh, this is just part of the culture. No, no, it, no it's, it's a terrible excuse, Nelly. It's, it's bull. I mean, come I on. I know it is. It, look, it is. Th- it th- is. There's I this thing, There's. I, I'm, I'm glad you do. And I'm not really, obviously, I'm not ranting at you. But there's this thing called progress. You know, the, there are words that were somewhat acceptable 50 years ago in this country that were completely acceptable 100 years ago in this country that we don't say. Okay? We, we just don't say them anymore. We don't use them. We don't call people names like that because we realize that words have power. And those words hurt people and there there is and, and you are d- driving divisions between human beings when you use those words and and for the for, for the culture for this is the culture cop out to be used just drives me bonkers no i agree with you totally um and i'm mexican i was raised here but i was born over there i understand the culture i i get what they're saying that is a culture it, there's mexicans sometimes and I'm killing my own people here, but Mexicans can be racist. I mean, well, look, look Nelly, all people look like look, let's, let's they, not. They'll throw bananas. They'll okay. chant. They'll right. call people monkeys. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that they don't think that this is a problem. Uh, what I think is going to end up happening is FIFA is going to be like no more fans in the stadium. You guys are banned from getting inside. Uh, I, I, I don't know. They, that, I don't know how far this goes. The, they don't see. They don't think it's a problem. And yeah. And I don't know if that's going to change because you can't change that mentality that the, the, the Hispanic fans have that, oh, we'll say whatever we want. We don't mean it this way. We'll just say, we'll say, we'll keep saying it. You can't stop us. Yeah. Which yeah. I think is what they're thinking. No. The fans, the owners, the federation, they don't think they can be stopped. You're right that it's going to take drastic action on the part of, of FIFA and CONCACAF and the powers that be in order to actually affect real change. That that, that behavior doesn't, doesn't go away until the fans who are responsible for that behavior understand that there will be punishments that will dramatically affect their teams. And, and I don't know that there's the will yet to do that. And, and, and that's a little... Well, it's a lot sad, to be honest with you, Nelly. I, I, I think that for the time being, there will be these little punishments here and there. There'll be some fines. The, the, the FMF will get uh, admonished in public. And, you know, it, I think it'll be business as usual until, until FIFA says, well, we're taking, you know, you're, you're, you're banned from these youth tournament because of your fans or you can't do, you, you know, you're going to have points taken away in, World Cup qualifying because of your fans. Until that stuff happens, or closed stadium, playing games behind closed doors, until that stuff happens, you're right. It's not going to change. I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what happens when Galaxy go play in Torreon. You know, you have Robbie Rogers, who's an openly gay player. Yeah. I wonder if he if he would walk out of the game just like you had uh, Prince Boateng walk out of a Milan game when they kept calling him racist chants. I wonder if it's going to take to that level where he or, I mean, I don't know if there's other gay players out there would come out and, and, and be against this. Uh, in Australia, back in December, they had the, the government, I think, got involved or the Federation got involved on banning players who were being offensive. Uh, I don't know if it's going to come to that point where the government or maybe this new FIFA president See, will look, do here, something here's, to, here's to the... convince the Federation, hey, you yeah. guys got to stop this. This is not... Yeah. Right. Look, look, I, I'm so, I'm so, look, I, I, I got, I got, um, Yaosalat, A, Y A O 
C E L O T on Twitter, trying to trying to to put a uh, to you know to poke a hole in this idea that the word is offensive and that the word is homophobic. Uh, the word means male female prostitute, which yes, literally speaking, it does. Usually used in place of the word coward, as in the goalie is a coward for not short passing. That's a cop out. That's crap. I'm sorry. You don't get to make. You don't get to to reason out why it's okay. All right. If the word is offensive. To anybody, if the if the word is offensive, if the word has the meaning of what we know it means, the pejorative for someone who is homosexual, then it has no place in the game. Okay, don't tell me the literal meaning and then say to try to say, oh well, it actually means coward. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. If you if you wanted to say coward, say coward. Say say the literal word for coward, not not a slang word that means you know what we're talking about, right? Sorry, Nelly. Right. Sorry, yeah. Nelly. I got to. I got to. I got. I'm gonna roll, man. I don't want to get too worked up over this. I appreciate the call. It's <laughs> it's it's definitely an issue, and and I, I'm with you 100. percent When Gal when the Galaxy go to Torreon, we are, will we be we will be watching very closely to see what's going on uh, with with how he reacts because it, while it may not be directed at him, while it may be the whole goalkeeper chant, uh, it is certainly something. That I'm, I'm sure he's thought about. I, I, I'm, I'm torn whether or not he has a responsibility, Nelly, to do something, and whether or not the, right. ga- the Galaxy have a responsibility to back him up if he decides to walk off the field. If you know the the, right. the, the biggest symbol of we're not taking this anymore, this is bull. You have to stop doing this. Is if the Galaxy, if Bruce Arena pulls his team off the field, but I don't think he's going to do it. I really don't. Yeah, one one last thing. Yesterday on uh, the U.S. Soccer Facebook page, uh, they had a video of them taking out uh, the batch of their offices, U.S. Soccer. So I guess pretty soon we're going to see a new yeah, batch. Yeah, the badge is coming. <laughs> we're going to get a new one. Uh, we'll watch uh, watching out for that. Thanks, yeah. Kelly. All right, so so I, I owe Yelts a lot of uh, an apology. He's just telling me what it means. Didn't say it wasn't offensive. I'm sorry. I'm getting worked up. It's it's one of those things. Let's, go, let's talk to uh, Aaron up in Jersey. What's up, man? Hey, I mean, I, I just, you know, without going down a deeper rat hole here, um, I, I completely agree with, you know, what you're saying. And, and, and when you look across uh, Latin America, it's even worse for, for, for female players. I mean, mm-hmm. the things in Brazil that they'll say about them, um, you know, it's not as bad in Mexico as it used to be, you know, but it, it, there's a whole fundamental culture, which um, really is about, you know, humiliating people. And, you know, and, and, and to me, that's really kind of the next phase of FIFA is that, you know, we, we've kind of gone through our peace and love, you know, uh, branding phase. And, and I would say there's some truth to, you know, some of the, the symbolics of what FIFA has been doing in there. I mean, I don't mean FIFA did it. I mean, the, the, you know, the, you know, the people who love the game have done it. Um, but I, I would say, in this new generation, I mean, putting, you know, the, all the reforms that were passed, I mean, the idea that you have six women on the, on the board now, and clearly there's an inclusion era that we're moving into and a transparency era. I think it's just inevitable that, um, you know, you're going to see some substantial penalties. I mean, we're talking about, you know, being removed from tournaments, losing points. I mean, you know, the same type of penalties you saw in Eastern Europe, um, you know, for, you know, for teams in the yeah. last, uh, you know, in, in, in the, uh, <clears throat> last set of euros, um, I would say the same thing. Well, I mean, look, what, what, what's one of the things now, certainly the television money coming in was, was fortuitous in a way, at least in, in terms of stamping out some of the things that were going on in English, English football in the, in the eighties. And, and we know about Thatcher and her reactions didn't help, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the things that certainly, Aided in enforcing England's hand in in addressing their hooligan problem, and it took bad things happening. It took Heisel, um, but but it was the European ban of of your uh, of English uh, fans, right? I mean, the English clubs in in competition in Europe. That was a legitimately Absolutely. harsh, pu- I mean, ridiculously harsh punishment. I mean, that's that's it's akin to um, it, it's akin to SMU and the death penalty. Now they eventually came back because you knew they were never going to keep that them from having a football program forever. So when when the English clubs were banned from Europe, it was a wake up call. Okay, this is something we really have to deal with. We can't be, you know, we can't be having our fans go around the world beating people up all the time. We gotta stop doing this. Well, yeah, and I mean, we, and when you're talking about, you know, uh, these things involve 
people dying. And I mean, and, 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 and you yeah, didn't have really a, yeah, a response. Obviously much that further. Made yeah. Sense. yeah. You know, and, 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 uh, but I would say, you know, you're, you're dealing in a new world now where you're so much more integrated with brands, with, with your partners that you, you just, I mean, if you look at how fast Nike dropped Pacquiao and, and yeah. trust me, I'm a big boxing fan and I like, well, I, I, I like the old Pacquiao the same way I like the old Roy Jones, though, the same way I like, you know, when when fighters were kind of at their peak and they, and they were great at being at their peak. And when they get it, when they get rich and dumb and weird, then obviously I don't tend to like them, but, but, you know, you look at how fast they, they dropped him. I mean, they didn't just drop him. They, they nuked him. And that was a signal to anybody else that if we'll nuke Pacquiao, who was really kind of their Asian strategy, if you think about it, um, well, yeah. Look, know, look, it, well, okay. You know. But then again, we get into, and this is where the cynicism comes in, Aaron. It, we get into whether or not, you know, the value of Pacquiao to Nike is the same as the value of FIFA to its partners. Uh, because, I mean, as, as popular as Pacquiao is, and obviously he's a, a rock star in the Philippines and across most of, uh, you know, Southern Asia, he, he's still one guy. And he's still a, 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 a an athlete with a limited lifespan. I, I'm yet, who, who's backed down on FIFA? Has anybody backed down on FIFA? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I know where I'm taking this to a different level because there's no, there's no, no. Like, that's fair. I mean, what I think it really comes down to, and I mean, this, this, you know, we always end up in these kind of you know real rat holes. But you take guys like you know Gelati, who you know talk about underperforming as a heavyweight that the U.S. Is and when we say heavyweight, I don't mean we're Germany in performance, but we're a heavyweight um, component of FIFA, and everyone knows that. I mean, we're the ones with the Swiss bringing, yeah. you know, the Darth Vader option to the table with prosecutions. I mean, everybody is listening to what we have to say, and you know, when we kind of just go in quietly with our, you know, Columbia professor and just kind of, you know, which is great for him and for people who like you know, quiet Colombian, you know, you know, you know, professors, but I mean, this is where we need leadership. And, and I would say there's a, there's a group of, you know, first countries, England, us, uh, for sure, probably Germany, even though they're, they're in the middle of their own hell because they basically probably bought the 2006 world cup. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but you know what, they got to clean that up. They got to just fire everyone, yeah, prison, yeah. everyone shoot them and call it a day. And then they'll, they'll join the, you know, you know, the league of heroes basically. Well, and well, and well, I would he, say countries he, like, like Japan, Japan has always been a clean actor, a, a trustworthy yeah, actor yeah. in this whole thing. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I would say there's a group of kind of leader countries, which, you know, if you think about it, they're not too far off from the, you know, UN security council except for a couple, you know, like Russia and China, whatever. But, um, you know, I, you know, you know, but at the end of the day, you're dealing with, you know, those major countries, those major powers that need to basically step up and say, look, you know, we played your little fun, weird FIFA governance thing, you know, for 50 years, but now it's the adults. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and here's our, here's our, you know, here's our approach. And, and, and it's not really an option. Th this is absolutely true. And I think we lose sight of this because of the way, you know, time is sort of taking care of, of, of soccer's popularity and the way that, that the World Cup has grown and, 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 and everything else. But this really is, this really is a backwater organization. I mean, uh, literally like a, it, it, I'm trying to find something to compare it to, but, it, but it's like if, the the guys who who meet in the pub down the street, fifty years from now are you know running the the world's energy businesses. You know, like the, the, that's right. You're know, totally right. Yeah, You're it, totally right. It's and, a, it's and, a, it's and, a, and and you know, and and that's the missing piece is that is that basically you got to have strong leaders that are backed mm -hmm. that everyone knows will take tough stands. And I, I and I'm kind of throwing you know, a, a, a kind of ridiculous example of somebody who would be great, but, but, I, but it's the class of person I'm talking about. Like we need to be able to say, all right, you know, no more kind of soccer insiders. We're going to put right. someone like Michael, you know, we're going to nominate for four years, Michael Bloomberg or whatever, sure. you know, someone yeah. Romney, like somebody like that. coming in with, with cachet yeah. and people are going to be like, Oh wow, this guy's scary. Yeah. yeah. You know? I mean, look, it, 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 he goes to Davos. <laughs> 
and calls his friends. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We, we need it really happens. And and and, and uh, some of these guys may have been sucked into that world, but we need somebody you know from the from the the Bilderbergers to kind of, kind of you know. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm, a, I'm well, sort well, of yeah, kidding. But I mean, the reality is is that is that is that you need somebody that can throw our weight around. And when I say yeah. our weight, I don't mean U.S. kind of parochial weight. But right, let's call it the good governance world weight. Yeah. Japan, U.S you know, um, UK now, I, I'd say the U, UK FA is, is, is less weird than they used to be. And, and I, I actually think they're becoming a force for good. If you look at try, how they're trying to, well, they throw their, their, their share of tantrums recently, Aaron, and, and, and uh, in a, in a, in a somewhat in a, uh, a productive sort of way, but it's still, it comes off as, and then this is the problem, right? Is, is, those who want to to step ahead and those who want to rise above the fray then get sucked down because oh look it's the it's the it's the British being or the English being bitter about losing out on 2018 and and really they're part of the problem but they're they're going to act like they're superior to everybody else and then we all get our feelings hurt and nothing ever changes. By the way, uh, right yeah. now, right now, a bunch of guys are sitting around the table counting votes. So that's I think that's happening. I know I'm, I'm watching right it. Now. Yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty interesting because, in a weird way, the idea that this that in the U.S. on multiple channels you'd have FIFA voting, you know, is actually pretty remarkable if you think of where we were five or ten years ago with how much people cared or didn't care about soccer. Yeah. And so yeah. I actually think. This is this is all positive. I can't. I, I really I mean, compared to the alternative. I didn't turn the TV on this morning. I had to rush out of the house, and I don't have a TV here in the studio. That's why I have the FIFA dot com feed up. But I I find it fascinating that Fox Sports One, it's Fox Sports One, right? Dedicating right, yes. right now, it's nearly a seven hour block of programming. Have they been on the air consistently for seven hours? Yeah, since three in the morning, and actually, and they're going to keep going till ten to ten thirty, and then they said they're going to go after that, and then being <laughs> sports is going to run so many hours, and well, I'm I, sure I, ESPN I, at some point is going to drop in. Well, sure, I, and, I, and I get being yeah. sport. Being sport makes that the, soccer is their bread and butter. That's what they do. Yeah. But for Fox Sports One, who you know, look, soccer is a centerpiece, and they've made it a centerpiece, and we know they've got the World Cup coming up. They had the Women's World Cup last year. They, they did a pretty good job. We, we know they, they do soccer, but, but really, Fox Sports 1, struggling for ratings across the board, they're, they're, I think their biggest show is like the NASCAR show, and it's a terrible rating. Yeah. For them to, to sort of bag, you know, sort of to, to punt on seven hours of programming where they could have, they, you know, they could have put on a highlight show, which probably would be... There's no way, and I love, you know, I love some of the guys over there. But there's no way Winalda and Lawless and Barton and and Stone talking about FIFA for seven hours is getting a good rating. It's just not, that's not happening. <laughs> and and you know what, what's funny is they 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 try to drop in like they tend to do. They're kind of random international person who you know comes in and kind of says, you know something that they haven't thought of or said or, you know, is, 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 is a little more global or broad, which is kind of funny because, you know, you realize that these guys really don't get out of the, of the American studio much, you know, and, 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 and when you look at some of the people they bring in, cause they'll bring in great people who talk, you know, who, who are on the ground in, in Europe and, and a lot of our guys just aren't on the ground in Europe. But at the end, I still would say this is a force for good big picture. And this goes back to Gelati. Like, why isn't this guy, you know, like front and center? I mean, it's just, I mean, obviously it's not his personality. Obviously USSF doesn't want to roll that way. Uh, but it, it, to me, it's just a, such a wasted opportunity, especially right now, you know, where you have just, you know, this, this, this historic reform and, and, and this big push to change. And we're, and we're, and we're like on the side you know, like Nigeria, you know, we're kind of like, eh, you know, we're going to go vote for this guy. And yeah. then that's kind of it. Right? Yeah, I, yeah, and and that's right. all we're saying. You're right. You're right. Um, there, there, there is a hesitance to rock the boat on the part of U.S. soccer that I think is unbecoming. And, and, and yes, I mean, we you know, lost the World Cup already anyway. Like, right. I, I mean, mean, like, what's the game? Exactly. You know, you know I, I said back back in 2010, I said, do not get involved in bidding if you're not willing to play FIFA's game. 
they chose not to play FIFA's game, at least not on the level they needed to to win the the, the, uh, the actual bid. So then afterwards, you can't go crying about. I mean, if you're going to be naive, fine. If you want to bring about change, then do then step out and and make yourself a, uh, make yourself a pest for. I mean, Bladder wants to put this all on us because of Loretta Lynch. It shouldn't have been Loretta Lynch. It should. And and look, I don't know. Maybe Galati. Exactly. Maybe Galati is is behind the scenes doing something. Com, uh, you know, cooperating. I don't know. We certainly know Bla- uh, Blazer's role. I don't know. You know, I, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I just can't ascribe Yoda Jedi skill set. To, to, to USSF. I mean, I, I just, I, you know, that, that they're doing some great magic behind the scenes. I, I just don't see it. I mean, and, and at the end of the day, we have a special role in this in that we brought our global hammer down on them. And, you know, and, 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 and I think this was a once in a lifetime opportunity for us to really make a difference here. And it wasn't about being a kingmaker and like, you know, being the decider on who wins or loses. I mean, that, that that's totally separate. It, it, it's that we could have come in and really kind of shown that we're taking with those key partners like Japan and, and I would, you know, I would say the UK even and, and, and maybe one other, you know, uh, uh, like kind of the good governance crowd and really made a historic difference here. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I think it's just a completely wasted opportunity. Um, and, and, and what's sad about it is they're going to have to kind of figure it out themselves, which means they're going to make a lot of mistakes. We're going to, you know, kind of just sit around, you know, behind the scenes, um, you know, and, and just kind of, you know, go sit in our offices yeah. and you know, put out press releases about yeah. new academies, you know, and, uh, you know, in, it, it's, the, in, it's in like, Minnesota. It's like, Aaron, it's like the, 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 the new, the new kid at school who, who who basically makes a, an ass out of themselves is willing to to make a fool out of themselves in order to be invited to the party, at, at which in this case the World Cup. It, it, we we refuse to sort of stand up for for principles that should be inherent in U.S. soccer, and instead are just going along with everything that the that 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 the bullies want us to do. I got I got to well, run, Aaron. And more importantly, in uh, the last quick thing, more importantly, the world is expe- the good people in the world are expecting us to do that job the right way. It's kind of one of the things they look to us for is to step up. And I think you know, and they view Loretta Lynch and what the Justice Department is doing is kind of what they expect us to do. And the fact that our federation can't do the same thing that our Justice Department does is just kind of absurd. I mean, these people should just get fired for this. I mean, you know, replaced. But anyways, I appreciate it, Aaron. Thanks a lot. There's a good call from Aaron up in Jersey on a Friday. Let's uh, talk to Robert, who's been patiently waiting. Uh, appreciate the the wait, Robert. Your turn. Hey, no problem. I'll try to call him before him because I know he gets a dedicated twenty minutes. I don't. I I know. I apologize for that. <laughs> it's hard to get him off no, the air. Okay. He, does a, he does a good job of. I understand. It was just a joke. It wasn't twenty minutes. It was only sixteen minutes. <laughs> hey, I wanted to talk about the Concacaf uh, Champions League. Uh, yeah. Si uh, Brian Strasser, Si came out with an article about it, and he, he made a couple good points. And a couple of points I was thinking about, and um. For, for stars, I, I don't think a lot of players actually really, I'm not going to say care, because, or have not, not care, but just have, don't have the experience. Because when you look at the group stage, they, uh, at the, if you look at the group stage, it's always the reserve teams. And then as soon as the season's over, if they do qualify, they're, they most likely will get cut from the teams because of the re-entry draft and the super draft. And then they go to other teams, and then they can't play in them because they're cap-tied. There's also... Uh, the final, the MLS, they don't put their big players in, in the group stages because they're like, it's, we're all talking about the schedule shift, but if that happens, it's going to be the playoff push. And you see a lot of teams trying to make the playoffs and they'll put reserve lines in. And then if that happens, they get eliminated from the group stage. Like if you look yeah. at Portland in the past years, it's in Portland, New York, Sporting Kansas City, Houston. And then once it comes back to, into the, the knockout stage, we know it's like a preseason. It's it's the the, the usually the the starters, the guys making the most, the more money, VPs and everything, and your first choice start uh, starting eleven, and you get they don't have that experience from the group stages, so they have nothing to to look yeah. back on. <laughs> it's I mean, there are so so many fundamental problems uh, in the Champions League for MLS teams, and 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 some of them sound like excuses, Robert, and and some of them. 
Some of them are legitimate. Some of them aren't. I mean, you know, it's just it it it's not a competition that lines up well, that syncs well with MLS. And I that's not to say, oh, woe is MLS. You know, let's fix the thing for them. Um, again, I think the responsibility for fixing MLS's fortunes in the Champions League is on MLS. You don't mold the competition to the league. You le- you mold the league to the competition if you want to win it. If you really want to win it, get yourself together, put put together a strong team, and go win the damn thing. Now, I, I realize that, look, the, the the teams that are currently in the competition earned their way in through the t- 2014 season and then played 2000, in 2015 played the group stages and now we're in 2016 playing the knockout rounds. It, it, it's a bad beat. I, I understand that. And you pointed out all of the, the, the little intricate problems with, with a roster that, you know, this is not the 2014 roster that earned it. Then you play uh, a group stage in which you're not playing all your best players, like you said. Some of them are, some of them aren't. You're juggling a playoff push, whatever you're doing in MLS. Uh, you have limited roster space to begin with. You have limited depth. Then you come into the not if you make it through the group stage, you come into the knockout round with a another new team in the middle of preseason, s- serious lack of chemistry with guys who don't have any understanding of of what playing in Concacaf is like. So I mean, that's every point you just made. Just it's, me do, it's also the coaches as well because uh, when when you watch if you watch the away games, a lot of the head coaches just don't make the trip. You have. Biggie Smith, who didn't make the trip. You had Benny Olsen, who, who didn't make the who didn't make the trip. You have a uh, pretty much they they always send their assistant coach saying like, oh here here you go here's a like a tryout for you. And then uh, you have just the the and then they all they, they never call uh, you know the, the not, I'm not gonna say you but uh, your soccer me uh, Mia they don't call them out. They never say like why are you not playing uh, not, why didn't you go. And then they they always give some like excuse or like oh because the, because and then you, that's because the and then they, they, always, they also do this one thing that kind of does. It's a little crack, but they always say like, "Oh, here comes the reserve," and then this this is their chance to show the coach that they belong in the starting lineup. And then they never they play on on the Wednesday or Tuesday, and then when they next week come the MLS league game, they're nowhere to be seen. Yeah, of course. Um, the reason the media doesn't hold MLS coaches accountable, for, number one, is that the uh, soccer media in the United States of America is very immature. I don't mean that like they act immature. I mean they're still the the media itself is still maturing into a full blown soccer media. We don't have one yet. This is not that, that this is not a thing that happens overnight. We're getting closer every year. We add a couple more jobs. And, and if, if you, if you want to like take the you know we always talk about the job growth and whether or not uh, you know this party is taking credit for it or if we need to change our policies in Congress and pass new laws and legislation to, to, to grow jobs. If you just took soccer and the soccer media element in the United States out of, out of the giant economy and, and looked at it, you would see that it's, it's not, it's not exactly a growth industry. It's growing slowly, but it's not as though, it's not as though we have this, you know, a lot of pressure on these coaches built by, 10, 12, 15 beat writers the way the NFL does or a Major League Baseball team does or a basketball team does. So they, they don't have any accountability on that front. So they don't necessarily feel the need to, to go and, and try. And the other part of that is that the tournament doesn't matter, Robert, because nobody can, when I say nobody cares, I'm generalizing, I'm being hyperbolic, but nobody cares. I mean, the, the few hardcore fans that care. The, the two or three coaches that care, the ownerships, the, the, the few ownership groups that really care, like in, at Sporting or in Portland, maybe a couple other places, are few and far between. Montreal. Sure, Montreal. They're few and far between. They're, they're, they're the exception, not the rule. The rule is owners care about making the playoffs. Owners care about winning championships in MLS. Coaches, therefore, based on their job security, Care about winning games in the uh, about making the playoffs in MLS and winning MLS championships. That that's that's where it all and, and because we have a a soccer fan base that's also maturing and may while well, well, a lot of people are, are aware of the 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 Con- uh, sorry the UEFA Champions League they know that the Concacaf Champions League is a, a poor substitute not remotely the same it doesn't it doesn't feel the same even if they want to buy into the idea that we should be doing that here. It's not Barcelona and, and Juve who are playing. It's, you know, it's, it's Santos Laguna 
and and the LA Galaxy. And those are those are big clubs in this part of the world, but they're not big across the board culturally speaking for millions upon millions of people. I just, you know, there's so many reasons that it's just not a thing yet. Okay, uh, you make some good points, and I'll say this one more last thing, because I know you got other callers. I don't know if you noticed this, but when I watch this, uh, you know how in uh, the UEFA Champions the teams, they have uh, the, the Champions League badges, the, the soccer ball with the stars, and if you look at on um, in the Congo Cap Champions League, it's a sticker that usually plays. It's always, if you look at every team, it's always in a different place. Sometimes it's on the, uh, on the side. If it's the Liga Mexican, uh, you're my detail guy. On their sleeve. It's on the tricep or on the yeah. front or sometimes yeah. it's on the back of the neck. Okay. It's a really funny thing. And then every, every time you always see it peeling off somewhere. Yeah. It's just uh, a big metaphor for the whole competition. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. It's, it's a good, you're, you're my detail guy, Robert. He likes to, uh, Robert likes to point out these little details that are indicative of, of bigger issues. And it's a good one. In fact, I think Clint Dempsey tore his CONCACAF Champions League badge off his jersey during that game against Club America uh, the other night. Bo Durr is on the line. Hi, Bo. Hi, how are you? I'm on already? You're on already, sir. Cool. All right, great. Uh, I'm sorry I couldn't call you from the Starbucks. It's apparently too noisy, and, you know, it's cold out here. Oh, but, okay, uh, yeah, it's cold. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so um, there's a good question of, you know, whether or not anything changes uh, after the votes today. And uh, in, in most respects, no. Um, you know, what you hope... Well, if you look at the IOC, um, you mentioned that earlier, and uh, what's changed to the IOC is, you know, they can't be as brazen about uh, some of the shenanigans that they've done in the past. Um, that said, an interesting point to watch down the road will be whether people hold grudges against the U.S., because uh, it's been argued pretty persuasively that the IOC had some grudges against the U.S. because it was a similar situation. Uh, it happened to involve U.S. Uh, bidding and winning for Salt Lake 2002, uh, but it was U.S. authorities that stepped up and prosecuted, and then suddenly the gravy train was gone. Right. Yeah. And so well, the argument goes that the reason Chicago didn't get the Olympics mm-hmm. was because people were still holding a grudge and, against and, and, the U.S. and also... Yeah. Well, no, I mean, you're right. And what you're pointing out is that all of these people are children, right? And, and, and because, yeah. because they are children, the, this is why for a lot of people, the only legitimate way for there to be change is for everything to be wiped out and we start over again. Now, how we start over and who's in charge of that, that's a, that's a practical issue that I don't want to have to think about right now, Bo. But if you're dealing with a body of 200-plus people and and 200 of them or 180 of them or 150 of them are going to hold grudges against uh, authorities who go in and break up a, a ring of corruption, then you've got the wrong people and they should all go away and we should bring in new people and hopefully vet them so that they are in, uh, people of integrity who will not do the same sort of things all over again. Right, and you know, from a practical point of view, that's it, it's really difficult to see how that could happen. And um, you know, heaven forbid, you could tear, tear down FIFA and maybe end up with something even worse. Right, who knows? Exactly. Um, so, with any organization, you kind of have to just take the good with the bad and um, try to diminish the bad. And, you know, with the IOC, it's worked a little bit. I mean, I think the Olympic bidding process is a bit better, aside from people holding grudges. Um, and, you know, I think both organizations are finding, look, there are some practical implications to spreading the World Cup out or spreading the Olympics out. And, you know, we're seeing that both in Brazil, where, you know, the the Summer Olympics coming up look like an utter disaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so, well, that that brings up an interesting question, Bo, and, I, and obviously, I think the, I think the Olympics are a lot closer to this than than anything going on with with soccer, even with FIFA's problems, and and that's whether or not there's whether or not this thing these 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 giant um these giant con- constructions of of world sport sort of collapse upon themselves. I mean, we're talking about the Rio Olympics being a disaster and lining up to be a disaster and they may put on a brave face and it may look good on television, but, but there are going to be problems. Um, and it goes beyond Zika and it goes beyond pollution in the, in the water, uh, there in Brazil. It's, it's, it's the fact that we now have things like no one bidding for the winter Olympics because damn it, it's too expensive and it's not worth it anymore. 
it, when does right. that when does that sort of um, you know that when does th- that sort of tipping point happen and then what happens to those events i mean what how does the world react how does the ioc react how does the collective sport governance uh you know industry react to the idea that there might not be an olympics the next time around or there might not be a world cup the next time around i I think it's incremental i mean i think that uh the bidding process that left us with beijing versus almaty um for the winter olympics I think that taught the IOC some valuable lessons uh, because they um, they drove off Oslo, and you know, Oslo right. has the venues. Yeah, everything's there. Yep. You know, they maybe they have to build one more arena. I, I don't, uh, but you know, it would not be building everything from scratch. They host all of these sports already. They have the best Nordic facility, and uh, you, know, you can ski at uh, near you know, Alpine skiing nearby. Um, so. Yeah, they're not so big in the curling, but, you know, curling doesn't require a particularly big venue. So um, all of that was there, and the IOC managed to pile on all these ridiculous demands that Norway couldn't stomach, and they pulled out. And yeah, so yeah. Um, the IOC has to learn from that. Well, well and, um, and, and is, yeah. has FIFA, I mean, will FIFA learn a similar lesson? I mean, we, we talk all the time, and I spent a lot of time in the build-up to Brazil on this show, Bo, talking about how ridiculous the demands were, how much money was being spent. Obviously, you know, a a World Cup going to Brazil essentially set the stage for a lot of kickbacks and and the like, which in a country like Brazil can sort of quickly run out of control. Um, There are not as many checks on that kind of corruption as there should be. But then there's the the fact that, you know, uh, FIFA comes in, sets up their, their circus tents, Makes uh makes millions upon millions of dollars, pays zero taxes, picks up their tents and leaves a mess for the for the country to pick up. Somebody one you know eventually one day we're going to get to a point where the countries aren't going to be willing to do that anymore, or the countries that are willing to do that. And I and I've said this before, I've I've written on this topic. The only countries willing to do it are ultimately completely corrupt countries led by authoritarian uh, authoritarian regimes, a la Russia, a la a la Qatar yeah. to a certain extent. Or countries who have the infrastructure in place and therefore aren't ripe for graft. And FIFA doesn't want the country not ripe for graft. They're going to go with the authoritarian regime. We're going to have World Cups in authoritarian countries for the for the rest of time. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, maybe they take it to China at some point because you know uh, China. I don't know. I don't know how corrupt they are, but they're authoritarian. And uh, boy, when you know, I went to the Olympics in Beijing. And they mobilized everybody. I mean, there were armies of volunteers uh, going around there. Hey, uh, hey Bo. Rio is pretty. Yeah. I apologize. I, I've got uh, the stream up here. Isa and Marcus uh, Kantner are. It looks like they're getting ready to announce the results of the first round of voting. So if we're gonna, if we're on the air, I'd like to get this. Let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, if you if you want to hang on, please okay. please do. Let's see if we can hear this. Sure, sure. Uh, right now it's just music. Okay. okay, I haven't broken in yet. All right. So I'll put that down. <laughs> All right, I'll put that down. It'll be just very low in the back. If they break in, I will stop you. But go ahead, make your point. Okay, so yeah, China could host the World Cup uh, because you know they they actually have a fair number of stadiums already. Yep. Um, and so yeah, they they could do it. And you know, I think. Sadly, I think the, the biggest issue facing FIFA right now is that Qatar is a bad look. Um, you know, even I think at this point it's less so about the bribery uh, or the alleged bribery or whatever you want to call it, and more so about uh, how ludicrous it is to have the World Cup in a place yeah. that can't have it in the summer, yeah. and they didn't realize it somehow until after the fact, and the fact that people are dying to build those stadiums uh-huh, uh-huh. and then and, and then when everybody picks up and leaves and the world cup moves and ends in i mean those i i think they've come up with like everybody does oh we're going to use these stadiums such as if a, if a soccer mad country like brazil has white elephants what's gonna happen i mean i'm not saying that this is a problem because Qatar can deal with it monetarily they have the, the resources but it's still sad that you're going to build a billion dollar stadium it's going to sit there empty what's the point of that how does that make any sense Right, and you know that's again a common problem to the Olympics and and uh, and FIFA. But um, 
Yeah, and so as far as I don't know, I was talking about this on Twitter with Paul Kennedy from Soccer America, and the the problem is what can what can you do? I mean, it's a human rights disaster. It's a stupid, stupid decision. Mm-hmm. Can they undo it now? I mean, Russia is certainly far too late, um, yes. and Russia at least has some soccer pedigree. Maybe there's a chance they'll be able to use those stadiums in the future. Um, and so with Russia, it's too late, and that that just goes. Uh, Qatar, it, FIFA would certainly earn a lot of international goodwill if they could get the World Cup out of Qatar. I just don't know how they can do it, because yeah, yeah. they have to have something to stand on. And I'm just not sure if there's some sort of, you know, bylaw for, you know, right. oh, we found out you're uh, killing people to build all your stadiums. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if there's a legal way. To, to remove the World it, Cup. It would, it, 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 yeah, I mean, it would have to be a, a very persuasive legal argument. Bo, it looks like we're on the verge of the announcement. I'm going to let you go, okay? Thanks a lot. All right. All right, All right Bo, thanks a lot. Bo Dur. Bye-bye. Item 11, election of the president. The number of members present with the right to vote, 207. Number of votes required for the two-thirds majority with the right to vote, 138. Total number of ballots distributed, 207. Total number of ballots cast, 207. Number of valid ballots deposited, 207. Now we have the voting results of the first round. Total valid votes for Prince Ali Bim al-Hussein, 27. What are those the United States? votes for Sheikh Salman bin Ibrahim, 85. Total valid votes for Jerome Champagne, 7. Total valid votes for Gianni Infantino, 88. So nobody is elected at the first round. It takes 138 votes. Thank you very much, Isa. It takes 138 votes to be elected in the first round. Two-thirds majority. Nobody got even close to that. We didn't expect them to. Gianni Infantino... Three votes more than Sheikh Salman. A, a, a bit of a surprise there, a bit of a first-round upset. We'll see if things tip over in the second round. But we're not going to be here for the second round because that's going to take forever. They're going to have to go cast everything again. So I think this is a good opportunity to go ahead and wrap up this show. It's been a very interesting one. I, I love sort of doing this stuff on the fly. Uh, thank you very much to everybody who called in. Robert, Aaron, Nelly, Mike, Bo. Uh, I'm sure I missed somebody in there somewhere. Um, it, it's been uh, it's it's been good. We'll, we'll, we sh- we'll have a FIFA president by the end of the day, which means we'll talk about it on Monday. Hopefully, we'll get somebody maybe who was on the scene in Zurich uh, to give us some insight into the uh, the proceedings there. We've obviously got a lot of soccer this weekend coming up. I mean, you know, there's a Madrid derby. There's 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 English Premier League games. There's a Capital One Cup game. It's it's going to be a good time. Thank you very much. Follow us on Twitter at Soccer Morning. Uh, go to Facebook and like our page. We got one of those too. And, uh, and I'll see ya. Bye.